All right. Well, we are finally back. It's always good to see Zach Partridge with us. And uh, Zach, 10 weeks away. It has been too long. I am jonesing to get up to Idaho Falls. How have you been, man? It's been a long time. It's been good, man. It's been a minute. Too long. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to start doing cards again. Get 2024 going. I think 2024 um, is, is going to be a really big year for us. We're going to do uh, we're doing a lot of things that um, and putting on a lot of fights that I just think people are really excited to see. And we have a lot of really nice ones planned out for the first quarter of the year. Yeah, this Idaho Falls card is super, super fun. We're going to talk about every single fight, all of it accumulating up in Idaho Falls, January 27th. Tickets on sale right now at FierceFightingChampionship.com. Zach, let's get things started. Kenny Bradfield facing off against Michael Pfeiffer. This is going to be a fun one at 185 pounds. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I, I know Michael a little bit. Uh, my last fight, we fought on the same card. He took a short notice fight on that card uh, against a two and two opponent. And he had, he'd only been training a few months and he just wanted to do it. And to be honest, while he didn't really win much of that fight, he lost a pretty decisive decision. Um, the guy he fought just uh, fought smart and um, just kind of controlled him on the ground. Um, Michael did some things that it was like, he. I, th I thought he showed a lot of promise. And interestingly enough, uh, we, we ended up cutting weight a little bit together at the sauna and um, got to know him a little bit and, uh, just very interesting, but very game opponent. Um, you know, he's supposed to be on October card. He was down to fight Taylor Mafaleo on that card. Nobody wanted to fight him, but unfortunately he got, had an injury that he had to pull out. So I am very excited to see Mike, uh, finally in the fierce cage and Kenny Bradfield, um, you know, a little bit of, uh, college wrestling experience and, um, uh, and, uh, you know, trains at that Ralph Gracie jujitsu there in Idaho falls. And, uh, I think it's going to be really interesting to see uh, what kind of success Michael can have on the feet where I think he wants to keep it and use his athleticism, tall, long rangey um, athlete um, versus uh, Kenny Bradfield, who, uh, you know, will probably want to get this fight to the ground much similar to Michael's last opponent. The difference is this time, I think um, experience level similar. So I'm, I'm very interested to see how Michael's grown and what Kenny's going to be able to execute in that fight. Also, the height differential: Kenny Bradfield five nine five ten, Michael Pfeiffer six foot four. So, former basketball player made the transition. So that's going to be really interesting. Kenny, first, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, and I'll say this too: um, my Nogi Jiu Jitsu competition that I was at, I saw Mike there competing, and he didn't have anybody there to help him. Um, so my matches were done, and he was actually starting. So I went and sat and to help corner him, just because he didn't know anybody there, and he listened very, very, very well. Um, as we know, Cole Schaefer is going to be in his corner that night. Cole, a uh, very established fighter here in Utah. Um, I'm, I'm, I am, I'm excited to see where Kenny's grown a lot, but I, I, I will note he listened very, very well. Yeah, no, absolutely. Cannot wait for that one to kick off the night. Our second one, Jace Coons, one of three on this card who has been on every single Idaho Falls card dating back to February of last year. He's facing off against Tate Martin, one of four debuters to make the walk on Saturday night. Yeah, I will say this. I don't know much about Tate Martin other than he was just really anxious for the opportunity. Um, he's been one of the most professional amateur debuts I've ever had the pleasure of working with. Um, sometimes some of those debuters going through the process of medicals and everything like that can be a little tough. Man, everybody gets clear instructions. I, I'm going to give a shout out to Tate. He was the only fighter. He's the only fighter to get everything in on time, his license, medicals, and everything. I mean, uh, you know, if he comes to that cage 
um, as prepared as he is in everything else that he appears to do. Um, I think this could be a really fun, interesting fight. Jace is a fighter that I'm very excited to see again. One thing that I really loved with Jace, he didn't get his hand raised his second time, but you saw, I, I felt like I saw a lot of growth in him. You could tell he's a guy that's in the gym, getting better, uh, learning what his coaches have to offer him. I'm very excited to see Jace and where he's seen grow this time. See if he can, you know, figure out how to get his hand raised. And I'm very, very interested to see what kind of actual fighter and competitor Tate Martin is because he just, everything about him just seems to be a very buttoned up, um, professional, no stone left unturned type guy. And uh, I think we'll see him very prepared as a debuter. Third fight in 11 months for Jace Coons. He's looking for that first win. All right, we'll move over back to 185 pounds. Jonathan Riley facing off against Taylor Mafi Leo. Back after four years away. Cannot wait for that one. We're going to try to make sure that we get the Mafi Leo correct every single time. We got back-to-back -back fights with Kent and Taylor uh, coming up in the next couple of weeks. So definitely going to make sure that the pronunciation is correct. Yeah, I you know um I love I love Taylor I love the whole Mafaleo family like you know they're uh, they're 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 great guys and and have always been uh, huge supporters of Fierce, um, <clears throat> and and local MMA I mean I love seeing Kent you see Kent at every show it doesn't matter Steel Fist Fierce uh, came down to my fight and Crown um, you know just all love for them so you know when Taylor want wanted to get on a card it, it's you know the people that support our show they can, you know you can kind of get you know, I'll do whatever I can for him. Um, I, uh, I'm really, really interested in this fight because Jonathan Riley, he's the, another one that we've seen come out of, uh, that same camp with, yeah, with, with melody, right. And Anthony Galetti, when he came out of there, uh, he's no longer with the team, but when he came out of there, he did some really, really good things against Tyler call and showed, um, um, some, some really good skills, I would imagine that um, Jonathan is going to be very similar and be, very, very well prepared. And, and, you know, Taylor, Taylor's a hard one to match. You know, a lot of people hear the Mafaleo name and, and people aren't exactly lining up to fight another Mafaleo after the, the run that Kent's been being, you know, the most dominant, you know, pro fighter in, in the region, in my opinion, um, you know, people, you know, the, but just cause he's his brother, he's not the same guy too, right? Taylor's carve, trying to carve his own path and 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 be his own man and he is his own man and uh, i'm very excited to to see this fight i i remember watching taylor's first two fights in person and he he was just i just remember then he was really tough i think we're going to see a higher skilled level taylor mafaleo than the last time we saw him yeah and like you said earlier with michael piper he was supposed to fight in october been yeah. jones to get in there finally gets the opportunity on saturday night all right chris ventura facing off against dustin ireland chris chris ventura a new name but surrounded by a credentialed core yeah, um, if you just watch, uh, if you go on a social media and just watch him hit the pads and stuff, very clean, very clean striker. Um, where Dustin is a lot, um, kind of just hard nosed grind, uh, wants to grind out the fight, get to work. Um, I, I do. Um, Dustin had a really uh, high paced back and forth last June, um, and uh, I, he's been in camp for a long time. He was on a couple other cards that I believe canceled. So I expect to see a very uh, a better version of Dustin. Um, and I'm very excited to see Chris. And, and I, it, you know, when I, you see those guys that hit pads and it looks really good and it looks really clean. Um, 
it, it's always interesting to see if it translates to the cage, you know, pads don't hit back. And, um, um, but you know, I think Marco is a really, really good fighter. We've talked about it, but, um, I think he's becoming one of the, the most known and worked with coaches in Utah as well. And he, his guys are pretty good. I'm not sure the actual record, but um, when he's in their corner, they're winning a lot more than they're losing. That's for sure. I will absolutely have that stat for you by Saturday night. All right. Dustin yeah. Ireland on top of that five and two in jujitsu tournaments since his last fight in June. So he's been active. He's been trying to get those reps in wherever he can. Another one coming down to Salt Lake. He was in that, he was in that jujitsu tournament that I competed in. He was there competing that day, him and Christian Cortez. So, I mean, you want to talk about a dedication level, guys traveling down from Idaho just to get competition reps. Uh, so, you know, big shout out for Dustin Island. I'm, I'm excited to see what he can show. All right, fifth bout of the evening at Bantamweight. We got John Smith facing off. Finally, Nate Reinhardt. Please stay together for the sake of Nate Reinhardt. He wants to make that walk. Cannot wait for this one as well at 135 pounds. That's why John Smith was the perfect dance partner. John Smith shows up. Say what you want about him. That kid shows up. And um, John's John's good enough to be dangerous to everybody. Um, John will be the first one to admit he doesn't train as consistently as he should. He's lost a lot of fights that he quote, probably either shouldn't have taken or, um, or just didn't train correctly for. Um, he says he's been training. Um, I believe him. I think after this fight, no matter the result, um, he, I, his plan is to make some changes in his life to, to, to step up his game even more. And, uh, you know, I encourage him to do that, but most importantly here, I wanted to give John the opportunity to fight again in front of his home crowd and, uh, hopefully put his best foot forward that he has been training and take him at his word on that. But, uh, I, we needed somebody for Nate. Um, Nate's put in too much work to have another guy pull out. Um, John's the type of guy he, as long as he can walk to that cage, he's not pulling out and he carries that same pride that like a real true fighter does. Um, there's some fighters that are looking for a reason as, as, as the time gets nearer to fight, they start looking for those reasons to pull out. Ah, my camp hasn't been very good. Oh, my shoulder hurts. Oh, you know, this isn't right. Nobody's healthy going to do John. John's not that guy. Remember John's the guy that showed up to fight David Kim when nobody wanted to fight David Kim, by the way, hurt David Kim very bad in that first round. He's a dangerous, dangerous opponent that even with a very upside down record, if you take him light, he is absolutely good enough to beat you. And um, I actually think this is going to be, could be fight of the night. I think that there's some areas that Nate has uh, some advantages, but I mean, John is, he is tough as nails. And if you notice, he he gets caught in some submissions. But man, if you want to try and trade with that guy and just fight, like just make it a fist fight. And, and if John can make it just a fist fight and avoid a lot of those grappling exchanges, um, I it could be a very, very high contender for fight of the night. Nate Reinhardt, he has had his last three opponents drop out or his fight has fallen through over the course of the last 10 months or so. Cannot wait to have him back. All right, headlining we're gonna, the- We're going to see a very active Nate Reinhardt in 2024, I feel like. We are going to headline the prelims with Preston Carlson and Michael Lizalde. Preston Carlson, fresh off of that sub two-minute submission. As for Michael Lizalde, he moves up 10 pounds to 155. I'm really interested in this fight. So Michael Lizalde- um, he, they both skipped the June card, weren't training, weren't in places to fight in June, but they're both got the big wins in February. Michael is coming up a weight class, 
where Preston didn't look like a very big 155er, if I'm not mistaken on that. Um, like, honestly, if you would have told me in February that they would meet a year later, I would have probably guessed that they would have met at 145, not 155. Michael Lizalde looks like he's in phenomenal shape. Um, he was one of the, he was one of the guys that on that card, that first Idaho card just stuck out, stood out to me, um, as a really high ceiling amateur. I'd like to see him a lot more active in 2024, um, whether it's with fierce or other shows up in Idaho or wherever. Um, I, I really, I really like, like him and, and, and the way he fights and watching him fight. He just has a natural feel for when he's in the cage and Preston Carlson. The one thing I could say about him is he was just very effective in his fight. Um, he listened to his coaches really well. Um, he's down here living in Ogden now with his new bride. Congratulations on the wedding, um, training at Foley's MMA, but he will, I believe have Isaac Payne from Pac Jiu-Jitsu, his original coach in his corner, but he's not training with him anymore. So very kind of interesting dynamic that I'm interested to see how, where Preston's grown and, and, and what he's doing, but you know, you get a, a a guy that has a good feel for fighting versus a guy that listens very well and is effective. Um, I we put this in this spot as the the headline prelim. You know, both both one and zero, oh, and um, I I think this could be a very very good chess match. All right, guys. Before we keep going, we got to talk a little bit about our podcast sponsor, Water and Wellness. Now, you've heard us talk about Water and Wellness before, but I got to tell you. This is the best water I have ever had in my entire life. Alkaline filtered, some of the tastiest stuff you'll ever have. I crave it like it's a cheap meal in itself, but it is so good for you. And they're stationed right here in Salt Lake City. So go ahead, head over to Water and Wellness for the best water you have ever had in your life. Change your water, change your life. Let's get back to the podcast. Kicking off the main card, we've got a 125-pound bout that was supposed to happen a couple of months ago in September, but we get it here in February. Christian Cortez facing off against Dietrich Jessup. Cortez, again, originally slated for September. As for Dietrich Jessup, he's been slated on three of Fierce's last four shows. He makes the walk once again. I, you know, um, this this fight just made all the sense in the world to put together. Um, Christian had the unfortunate issues with his weight cut in September. Um, didn't make it down to Farmington to fight that night uh, or to make, make, even make it to weigh-ins. Um, you know, uh, personally, Christian said he was going through some stuff in his life. I've been checking in with him on this one. He's ready to go. Said his weight won't be an issue. He's in a lot better mental space. Like I said, I've seen him competing at other jujitsu tournaments. Um, seems to be in good spirits. I really like Christian a lot personally. Um, in a young amateur career, as a former amateur champion, that just wasn't something that um, I expected from him. But at the same time, I had to check myself and remember too, amateur is a great time for these fighters to learn how to fight through and experiences and stuff. And when he told me he wanted to be on this card and kind of make up this fight to fierce and fight in front of his hometown, I thought it was the perfect opportunity to give Dietrich an opportunity to go back. And, you know, Dietrich could have absolutely, and, and talk, this talks to the type of competitor that Dietrich is coming off of a really tough bummer loss, right? That was a number one contender fight for him. If he would have won that fight, he would have gotten the next shot probably at a Nazir Davis. Um, with that win, he, he, unfortunately, you know, um, didn't get his hand raised. Jordan Munoz went up to Heber and, and did a fantastic job of ep executing a game plan and, and landing the right punch and getting the submission himself, guillotining Dietrich, who he'd had two wins by guillotine himself. Um, you know, and for Dietrich to come back and, and this is just a little behind the scenes when people, when this happens, 
more often than not, most fighters slash coaches ask for a bounce back fight. They ask for a matchup that's maybe a little bit more favorable, stylistically a little bit better. Um, that's not what Dietrich's about or Teague Vigil and, and those guys are about. Um, they have all the faith in the world. They don't want a bounce back fight. They wanted Christian court. They wanted that, that chance to, to fight Christian again, because that fight was supposed to happen in September. And I love that they showed that like, no, um, no, uh, their, their faith in Dietrich as a team, the people he has around him didn't slip at all right off that loss. And he's coming back and he's fighting somebody that, you know, Christian's a very slick jujitsu guy himself. He just lost by guillotine. He's going right back to, to fight a jujitsu guy. Um, I, I'm very excited for this fight. Um, it was my fight of the night in September, which uh, Tyler Collin, Lane Dalton stole that that show. But in September, that was going to be my fight of the night. Um, man, looking at the board, there is a handful of them. But for me, I think this is the the most interesting chess match on the card. 4-0 Christian Cortez, former AMI champion for Steel Fist, and um, fighting in front of his hometown, Dietrich Jessup. Like, it's, I, I, I think we're going to see a electric fight cruiserweight title Viliami Kulu facing off against Spencer Woodland Spencer Woodland we have seen him continue on his success obviously Viliami Kulu doing the same in his respective state of Utah these two guys seven wins all together all of them finishes in the first round this one's got banger written all over it Zach Viliami Kulu is the guy that you know it's really interesting nobody really wants to fight him he I get I get um I got questioned by a coach that I love and have a ton of respect for, but they're like, why are you giving him so many easy fights? I'm giving him people that are asking to challenge him. I, I don't know what it is, but he's not an easy guy to match for. So when people are like, Hey, I want to fight. I want this opportunity. And they raise their hand to fight him. I'm that's what I'm giving him. They, to be very clear, Vili's coaches and Vili are literally down to fight Shaylor Ladd, who's the number one amateur in the entire country. And they're like, we will say yes to anybody, anybody. I'm, he's just fighting the people that are agreeing to fight him. It's not on him at all. And Spencer Woodland, you know, he called for this shot. I offered a, a couple other people to fight against him. They turned him down. Uh, personally, two and one. I don't love giving amateur title fights to people with only two wins. I think I think after two wins, you have to have a true number one contender fight. But we're bringing in, introducing a new belt, the cruiserweight belt. It's a new division. It's a really shallow division. It's one that I would like to grow at Fierce, even in hopefully in the pro ranks as well eventually. Um, I like it. The 225 division makes a lot of sense. And uh, Spencer welcomed the challenge of Viliami Kulu as long as we're for a belt. Um, if Shaler Ladd doesn't want to come back and defend his defend his belt against the winner of this one, which both have expressed an interest for, um, most likely he's going to be stripped and the winner of this one will be competing for a 205 title later in 2024 as well. Um, but like I said, I would like to keep the 225 title active. Uh, the plan was Chris Falau was supposed to be fighting in this one. So two two-in-one guys. But weight seemed to be an issue, and I think he's going to be a heavyweight from now on. So this is what we got. Kulu stepped up on short notice. It's going to be a great fight. Both are bangers. Spencer knows what he signed up for. Um, all the credit in the world. He's just fighting the people that are in front of him as well. 
is two guys that, um, you know, when you have two guys around the same weight that nobody really is signing, raising their hand to fight, they can fight each other and it's going to be awesome. I also do want to mention, I have mentioned this prior on the broadcast, but Viliami Kulu, he weighs in in jeans to make 205. So going up to 225, I'm not going to say that there's going to be a huge size discrepancy, but Viliami Kulu doesn't cut a ton of weight to make 205. So to go up is something to mention. As a pro, Kulu will be a 185-er. And you want to talk about a stud, like when I talk about studs, right? I'm talking about studs in the uh, in, in the amateur MMA scene. I look at guys that are willing to go up weight classes to get those challenges. Like uh, one that rings the mind, Billy Elicana, who's PFL guy now, um, bright, bright future, trains with a lot of UFC guys down in Vegas. Billy was fighting at 205 because who Kulu's training with now, by the way, down in Vegas. Oh my gosh. I would love to watch those guys spar love, but um, Billy was a guy I, man, they were trying to get me to fight him back in the day. No way. Um, he was uh, a guy though, that he couldn't get fights at 185. The only people he could get to fight him was 205ers. Cole Schaefer was that way. They couldn't get 185ers, true 185ers to fight Cole Schaefer. The only people who would fight him were the guys that had a huge size advantage on him. So again, Spencer is Kulu looks like a Greek God. We know this. Spencer's going to be a lot bigger than Kulu. Spencer Woodland, 10 strikes thrown and landed in all of 2023, two finishes in under Ooh. a minute for and him. The sickest Peruvian necktie you've seen in MMA in 2023. Yes. And it wasn't a guillotine. It absolutely wasn't a guillotine. It was a bad angle of the broadcast booth. Anyways. All right. Our Mandel Cameron versus Carrie Latimer, Carrie Latimer, seventh walk in 12 months, not to mention a BKFC fight on top of that. Well, you know, Armandel Cameron was supposed to be on our November card. Unfortunately, his opponent, Nino Janao, had a had a serious knee injury, required surgery, and he'll be out for a little bit. Uh, we'd, you know, best wishes to Nino and hopefully to see him back soon. Armandel Cameron, I'm just being gonna be really frank here. He's a guy that that was um when Michael Garcia pulled out, that was his fifth straight guy that's pulled out against him. Now, when Nino has to get surgery to get it fixed, that's a legit pullout. Um Michael Garcia had medical information, went to the hospital, had a doctor tell him, yeah, you know, he was out for a little bit. Fully legit. He said it to me is what it is. It happens. Well wishes to Mike Garcia. Hope he gets healthy enough that he can compete again. But he has had a trend of pulling out himself recently. Um, and so here we are stuck with Armandale Cameron, who just cannot get a fight. So I called Carrie Latimer. And I said this on the post and I want to reiterate this today. And you can make a clip of this because I'm going to say it from the mountaintops. People bag on Kerry Latimer for taking fights. He doesn't have a sexy record. He was once a very competitive fighter. Carson Hardman will tell you himself probably lost that fight to Kerry Latimer. at still fist back in the day. It was a good fight, but I believe that Kerry won that fight which is so crazy to think about where Carson's at now and where Carrie's at now, who would win a fight between those two, but Carrie, but fighting in the fight world is like an ecosystem. And you have to have the Carrie Latimer's of the world to make that ecosystem work. Carrie is and fighters like Carrie are a dying breed and they need to be celebrated. He is not worried about, he is not worried about his record. He's not worried about, fame he's not worried about anything other 
than giving back to MMA because that sport's given him so much. And if you want to talk about a fighter that cares about the sport and and, and cares about his fellow competitors and making sure that they don't waste their camp and making that walk so the Armandel Camerons of the world and the handful of others that he stepped in on short notice so that the show can go on and that he can fight. He didn't ask me. He didn't ask me who the opponent was. He didn't ask me how much he was getting paid. He just asked about the weight because he wanted to make sure that he could make weight. Like fighters like Kerry Latimer, Kerry Latimer need to be applauded. And they need to be celebrated because without him, other fighters like Armandel Cameron would be getting his fifth canceled card. And um, I just have so much respect for Kerry. Um, he he is entertaining. Man, I mean, look at our post. We posted it. And even people in Utah, and he hasn't fought in Utah for how long? And people are like, man, I love watching Kerry. He puts on a great show. Win, loser, jaw. He's there to entertain. He's there for us. He's there for the fans. He's there for his fellow comrades, his MMA fighters. Uh, I just, I cannot praise Kerry enough. I'm so grateful for him for doing this. And, um, you know, uh, whenever Kerry decides to hang it up, gosh dang it, like that guy deserves to go into a hall of fame as, as just being a fighter's fighter and, uh, and, and a guy that just loves the sport and gave back to it when, you know, fighting is a lot of take, 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 take. And he's one of the true ones that has given back. We move down to our professional title bout, the main event between Yazan Haji versus Michael Sire. First main event, first title shot for Michael Sire, 100% finish rate for him. On top of that, Yazan Haji back to defend his bantamweight title that he won last year. Um, Man, you know, I work with other matchmakers around the country. And the feedback I got on this was, what a great main event title fight. Both dudes are studs. Both dudes are studs. One thing that's really interesting about this is um, we have our good friend and former Bantamweight champ, Joe Haro, making his walk two weeks after them as he comes back in what would be a number one contender type fight. So he will be watching the winner of this very, very closely because he will be more than likely if he does his job on February 10th, he'll he'll be getting his shot at rematching Yaz, who he believes he can beat, or fighting Michael Sire, who's somebody he has said he's had his eye on for a while because he's always been somebody that he thought would be a very fun fight. And some so and then Michael Sire and Yaz, it, it's really interesting. I feel like Michael Sire is from warrior camp he's he's very similar to Joel where he's just very good everywhere and very and 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 Yaz showed he's tough he can take a shot Joel hurt him a couple times he walked through it and man once he gets on top of you that dude is a freaking wet blanket you can't get him off so i mean very high level um pro title fight two guys that will be knocking on doors uh big shows the winner of this fight and most likely um, if Joel Haro could do his job on February 10th, they, they, they'll have him waiting for him to, to defend their title against. Uh, I cannot wait for this fight. I think it's just, um, 
I, I think it's about as good of a main event as you can get on a regional MMA card. January 27th, Mountain America Center. Again, tickets on sale right now at FierceFightingChampionship.com. And on top of that, if you want to come to weigh-ins and watch the face-offs live, we do put them on our social media. But if you want to watch them live in person, you can head over to the Buzz Factory in Idaho Falls on Friday night at 7 p.m. That is where they will be going down. Zach Partridge, thank you so much for the time. Let's have a good 2024, my friend. Oh, we will. We will.